We are festive today. We are in a festive mood, Carl. Are you? I am in a festive mood and I'm exhausted because I've been doing all the things. I bet. We'll talk to Chris Clark for nearly an hour about the St. Louis International Film Festival. Then around minute 57, we'll tell you a little bit about the new releases. And then around minute 58, I will tell you my quick story, how I got to attend the 100th Greater St. Louis Honor Flight. And we won't talk about the blues because we're going to talk about the St. Louis International Film Festival, which kicked off Thursday and runs through Sunday, November 13th. And we have one of our great resources in town, the uh, Bon Vivant, Chris Clark. Not according to everyone, apparently, but thank you, Lynn and Carl. It's good to be here once again we'll let that one go but yeah you're 31 and i haven't been here for all 31 years but i started as a volunteer in year six i think so i've seen some things and done some things and i got hired in 2000 so this is my like 23rd festival i programmed yeah which is really Uh, exciting what a what a cool day job and it used to be called just the st louis international film festival as you know because that's all we did but now we do lots of stuff and this is a big thing, and it's grown and grown and grown. This year, though, for reasons, um, <clears throat> loss of our longtime home and main venue uh, <clears throat> over there on Delmar. Uh, <clears throat> we, we, you know, it's not a theater anymore, so you know that put a big hole in available spaces to us. We were maybe going to be at the Alamo Draft House, and we've been in discussions with them for years, but quarantine and COVID slowed down their. Uh, construction process and finances changed and uh you know supply chain issues and they weren't quite ready even though i think are they open um i think they're almost uh, the sign is up yeah so anyway so they wouldn't have would have made it anyway but they thought even if they were it was going to be too much to get it started everything too and uh so here we are um so most years were you know 420 430 you know hugging the the skies this year we're clocking in at a lean and mean 256 films from 40 countries but still fills up you know 12 11 days uh in four locations and you uh, have quite a number of locations including the gallery of six which is nice yes. to uh, have a, a central point besides having yeah, the because- wonderful high point and webster and plaza frontenac mm-hmm I'm going to be crisscrossing all those places. (laughs) We wanted to maintain as much as our um, free programming that we do every year. And the only way to do that was to spread things out and keep other things, you know, for pay, you know, in the, in the few venues that we do have. So we have new partners uh, with SAUE. Uh, We've been in discussion with them for a couple of years and then COVID got in the middle. So this is a long range project for them to get a, a you know a smattering of short subject programs and documentaries uh, of a human rights social justice type bent and we found i think seven or eight different uh, programs for them uh we've done in a number of years of uh, uh experimental artish and documentary type pieces at the contemporary art museum of st louis this year they're doing more than ever i think three different films there actually they did one the other night we had a, a soft opening at also at cam uh last night St. Louis Public Library is the longtime home of our golden anniversaries. Uh, and I'm going uh, to be there. Yes, it was, on... I was segueing right into that. You're going to be in our final day with Jeremiah Johnson. And, um, you know, I 
I've known you for a long time and you know I know that's a film of our time on this planet but I never would have pegged you for a big fan of you know I'm curious to see hear you talk about that uh film and the uh, others on that uh free list are Superfly uh which I saw at the drive-in as a rambunctious adolescent uh mm. I think uh and what are the other ones I think we're doing Pink we're Flamingos Pink Flamingos yes uh The Seduction of Mimi and I think there's one I'm missing uh, Joshua Ray is very excited about pink flamingos. And I reminded him that when I was in college, I uh, helped run the movie uh, series at Illinois State because this is pre-digital. This is real, real to real. And it was also pre-DVDs, DVDs and all that. So to see a film on campus, we had to get the big... We had to get an auditorium and program. Yeah, uh, sure. I remember yeah. those kind of things when I went to Mizzou. So to be super clear to our listening audience, uh, we know what we're talking about, to be <laughs> crystal clear about it. So by golden anniversaries, we mean just like a wedding anniversary. These are films that are now 50 years old, Ooh. films of 1972, uh, that I was 12, I think. I was one. <laughs> And uh, it was one of the greatest it. years of my life because it was be, uh, graduating from high school and starting college. So, so yeah, it's so a very fun yeah. year for Yeah, me. there was a lot of, in the 70s was a, it was a great decade uh, of cinema. But let's talk about the new stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, so we, we started uh, last night at the Galleria with, um, typically we do a single night thing. We did something kind of private and smaller on Wednesday that you guys know about, but. Um, uh, we opened yesterday and we had films in a bunch of theaters, including uh, the YouTube effect uh, and Lynn and Alex, Alex Winter. Uh, what a nice guy. And he uh, is, he is so wonderful. He uh, made time for me on Halloween. He said he had a couple hours till his son was going out. So he gave it to me yeah. to talk about the movie, which is part of his, tech trilogy and you all have been very supportive of him because you've shown downloaded and you showed the deep web and then uh when he was here in 2015 you gave him the guggenheim award yeah. which is the last time i talked to him and i told him the other night because you programmed bill and ted's excellent adventure for a 945 showing at the tivoli and he opened it with some of the best behind the scenes showbiz stories i've ever heard and yeah. i told him that i'm still telling his stories his anecdotes were among the best i've ever heard about pre about things happening so so anyway he, he just tweeted out a picture of himself with keanu like from the last couple weeks Yes, well, he told me in my yes, interview I'm with him. Happy to read this, Lynn, and I'll let you say it. He said they never say never. They're not shutting the door, and they're always looking for a way uh, how to do it. So hmm. after all this time, they made one, and now they might just, you know, and they might not be fantastic, but you know, I would spend time with those characters again. Why not? Why not? Why well, not? Yeah, he's. I think Keanu's like on a sequel kick because he's yeah. made within five years. He's made four John Wick's films. He yeah. enjoys doing it. It's not. Yeah. It's not like he's hurting for money. Yeah, when they were younger, they vowed they didn't want to repeat themselves and you know be artiste, and, and that's fine. But you know, <clears throat> there's room for more now, and you know they're cemented in their careers, and they're more confident that it, you know they're just having fun. So it doesn't. You know, it's not gonna. It's not gonna peg them 
they're already <laughs> established. So you know, it's a it's a different time. Oh, I know. Well, I hope good. I hope he uh, writes a memoir. Yeah, because okay. well, he's got a lot to say. But this uh, Keanu uh, narrated Deep Web, which you showed in 2015. Mm -hmm. And now, but he's gone on. He's going to be in the new Blue Clues movie as a cameo. And he said it was just fun. But he's got two movies coming up, one Netflix and one on Shudder. And so he's working. I asked him if he thought he was busier than ever at 57. And he said, well, I've always been working. He's always been working he just wasn't as much in the public eye as he is now but he loves st louis and he loves the fest and he was really mm -hmm. sorry he couldn't go but this film youtube effect is really balanced and in terms of he just doesn't wag his finger at him like them he said but it is about accountability of mm -hmm. social media and it's about safeguards and and all that and so he's hoping he'll be able to announce a wider distribution like you know on one of the streaming things in january february great. but great. that's really cool chris that you got it and were able yeah. to have it last night so you know i i think i mentioned that we're smaller that meant that mean half of the, a lot of the things we typically do so i did half as many narrative features brian programmed half as many documentary features so you know well-deserved spot um, in, in this lean and mean lineup. Um, so that was in the middle of the afternoon, you know, five-ish hour, 4.45, something like that. So our main film then last night was, um, oh no, it was like six something. Anyway, uh, Empire of Life. 6.45 to be exact. Yes, 6.45. Uh, it's all a blur now. That's yesterday. That's that's the past. Uh, I'm tired. <laughs> uh, uh, Empire <laughs> of Light, um, a nice love letter to cinema and, you know, a nice, great cast, luscious filming. Uh, you know, so many check marks about it to make it Olivia Coleman is, uh, you know, well, she's always good, but it's Roger yeah, Deakins cinematography. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's so many endless, you know, check boxes about it. You know, Mendez, Deakins, Coleman, Firth. Uh, I can't remember the other the English actor, Toby Jones, and then, yes, the, uh, yes, the, yes. The, the new Toby guy, Jones. Michael Ward. Michael mm -hmm. Ward, he's a, he has a BAFTA though, so. <laughs> It's not like yeah. he's yeah not brand new but still but what right. a you know wonderful you know english festival sam mendez kind of story you know it, it was just just right uh just right well and then go ahead. go ahead i was just gonna say being a woman i'm really excited about women talking which will be the 13th and then i'm also very excited about she said well, mm -hmm. I'm just going to sit here now because you just took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> because you know, those really were the things I want to, you know, and let's do talk about them because they're a nice kind of, um, they're not a double bill. They're on different nights, but what an interesting tandem, you know, programming of, you know, very women, empowered women type stories that uh, are very impactful. And, you know, end of the year, you know, big, you know, Oscar bound stories, uh, particularly women talking, you know, which was the darling of you know, a lot of the fall festivals and is our, you know, kind of our closing night film. Uh, and very time. heavy uh, with big, uh, big buzz names, mm -hmm. Rooney Mara, Jesse Buckley, Claire Francis Foy. McDormand. Yes. Uh, and she said is, you know, 
heavy cast too. Love uh, me, Carrie Mulligan. Yes, and uh, Zoe Kazan, right? Uh, and that's you know also deals with cinema in a tangential way. Uh, is sort of the root of the story. Yeah. Uh, and, and boys behaving badly, uh, like they do. Uh, but I, I love that those two are, you know, part of the festival. But, you know, those are, you know, big, big, big highlights. Um, but there's lots of other cool things in the corner. And another thing that, you know, it was a hard, hard decision. We're only playing things one time. So, if wow. You know, yeah. If you miss it, you miss it. You miss it, you miss it. A lot because well, we play things, you know, two times as much as we could. Um, but we're showing lots of short subjects um, all at the Galleria this week and stuff. Well, oh. a couple of the big winners at the St. Louis Filmmakers Showcase, which we were part of this summer, are back, including Joey Polio's uh, new home, which is going to involve most of the interview subjects are coming because I have a feature on Joey that will be on Pop Life STL today. And he says Russ Carnahan's going to be there and most everybody in it, but it's about the bosnian refugees who came over and made a life in st louis and it's a wonderful film it won best documentary feature at the showcase yeah. and that screens sunday afternoon at 2 15 at the galleria and i'm sure it's going to be quite the red carpet affair yeah it well do we actually have a red carpet there well uh, i i'm just saying that in does terms the galleria of, still have carpets they do i know well, I'm just thinking. Uh, well, the, you know, the guy that the, the guy that runs Galleria Six is really pro St. Louis. It is a very it's a very nice cinema. You don't you know you oh I'm not going to the gallery. That is probably the Galleria Cinema well, is probably they, the nicest thing in the building. Um, I hadn't been there for a long time until we did our Q Fest event there in the spring. The mall looks nice. It's not empty at all. There are people and families everywhere. It is perfectly fine. Uh, and safe and, and wonderful. The food court is all full. Uh, nice traffic. And I like that you don't necessarily hear the other theaters through the walls. No. No, it's a very well-run, but it's an independently run mm -hmm. place. They so have that's other locations in Texas, I believe, and they're looking to expand a little bit to the east uh, at some point over on the other corner of Forest Park. Uh, oh, maybe someday so well, anyway but yeah so but it's but, a nicely run facility and we like being there they're just the right sizes uh of theaters and the seat they remodeled it just like, like four or five years ago so everything's kind of been redone so to recap the movies that we just mentioned a new home is going to be there sunday at 2 15 she said is going to be there tuesday night at seven o'clock at the galleria and women talking spotlight she said Ooh. is our kind of middle of the festival our big spotlight film and then um, Women Talking is going to be at Plaza Frontenac on Sunday the 13th at 5.30 at night. Yes. Yeah, well, she said is about the Harvey Weinstein Me Too revelation. Megan, Megan Tuohy and Jody Cantor based on their respective novels on their experiences writing this, and they kind of commingled it together into one story, but it just follows the you know exact timeline in real people. Uh, that were in the news and were the progenitors of the Me Too movement. Right. So the New York Times reporters. And then uh, we're going to do into honor Cliff Freilich, who yeah. is retiring at as uh, the longtime executive director. 
I sat next to him the other night at Armageddon time and we had time to chat beforehand. And I asked him if he was about happy retirement and he seemed perfectly happy to retire. (laughs) I must correct your verb tense. It's retired. He's gone. Not retiring. He's just <laughs> showing up. Yes. No, but you know, it, that was the end of June. And as you know, Brie Maniscalco uh, is our new ED and it's been, you know, great smooth sailing and it's a, it's a fun team. You know, we miss Cliff. Um, it's hard not to have, we only have a small staff that runs this monster thing. Only three people now it was four before it was hard. Now it's harder with three, but you know, for 19 plus years, uh, he was there and then left for a couple of years, went to the post and then came back. But you know, all the things that we did and, and grew the, event and organization into this mammoth thing with you know four or five annual events uh, still the same number of people doing it uh but you know we we love the challenge and we love doing what we do and uh keeps us busy um well and he's, he's been a great leader yeah his event is saturday november 12th at webster and you guys are going to show his girl friday one of the screwball comedies carrie grant rosalind russell he loved Loves, I guess he's still alive. But loves, I gotta <laughs> tense now. See, so I gotta be, I gotta be consistent. He yeah. loves Howard Hawk and always has. Um, he is a great encyclopedic, you know, film knowledge. But this film in particular ties together his love of cinema, his time with us, with his other career and newspapers of his life. He was a journalist, he worked in journalism mm-hmm. for as many years as he worked for Cinema St. Louis, nearly 20. He had 20 plus years in the field of journalism. So what a fun commingling of his whole life and a nice kickoff within the festival that he helped grow and build and everything too. Um, at Webster, where he taught and I went. And, <laughs> and you know, we love being many more. And um, so, you know, it'll be a it'll be nice, a nice night. It is going to be a lovely night. And I talked to him as I was sitting next to him about the um when I grew up, I wanted to be Rosalind Russell because obviously I became a journalist too. And I said, uh, I was in newsrooms with a very few women. So not much changed between the 40s and the 80s. And then things got a little bit more equitable. I wouldn't say ever equitable, but but that so we were having a good laugh about the more things stay the same. I could see you. I could see you, Lynn, in that hat that she wore a lot during that movie. That looked nice on you. So yes, yes, I do. Uh, I do. That was a smart. That was a snappy hat. Well, everything but, about that movie was snappy. The writing, the pacing, you know, the syncopation, everything about it was, you know, pitch perfect. Right, and, and it did, was a takeoff on um, the front page. The front yeah. page, yeah. It's a it's a remake. Howard Hawks just wanted to make it funnier and snappier. And you know. What a challenge to uh, to do that, to you know have the the rarity that the not sequel exactly, but you know a remake is you know superior to the original. So that's hard to do. That and, and I love and I love the front page. I think that is a also yeah, a classic and, and, movie. Yeah, and that's the other rare case. This is an example where they're both good. Right. Uh, one's just a little better, and, and you know so much so that it's it it kind of dims the light on the other one, which is perfectly serviceable and very entertaining. It's yeah. So yeah, perfectly serviceable. And you know, a decade or two earlier, you know, it's just, just the best in time. And it doesn't hold up quite as well. Not that both of them do anyway, because they're just of a certain era. Lots of smoking and old timey telephones. And 
Oh my God. When I first worked at the St. Louis Globe Democrat, it, you know, stuck in time, talk about stuck in time, but you would go up the elevator to the fifth floor newsroom. The elevator reeked of cigars because of <laughs> Bob Burns as lugger. And I was pregnant with my, you're, uh, you're blaming son. the sports department. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would get on the elevator after a long drive and that smell of cigars would hit, uh, you know, me in the early stages of pregnancy. And I would just be green by the time I got up to the newsroom. But yeah, the old typewriter slugger still used an old typewriter and he had the stogie and he had the typewriter and it was just like, it's totally out of a movie. So that's why I'm going to have a great fun on November 12th, 7 p.m. Winifred Moore Auditorium at Webster and our good friends, Ron Stevens and Joy Gurnick are going to be there too. So I'm excited because, you know, they're in the process of moving so we don't get to use their their wonderful abode house the house party we're already talking about the launch of the next generation of festival parties in their new abode and oh. ron introduced me to one of their neighbors who wants to have a so we're gonna have a, a transitional year with old neighborhood new neighborhood parties don't you don't you don't you worry about it it's on my agenda all right that's that's great yeah um because we're gonna be festing through this because now you're back from two years of uncertainty and yes. you can still do virtual on a couple things well i'm going to correct you one more time my good woman you can you can watch a lot of stuff actually because because it's all the short subject programs so it's 21 short subject programs and you're partially right only about 20 of the of the features but you know, 150 total films, including the short. So that's a lot. And we decided that in this new hybrid model, which we think we're going to have to, it's probably a lot of people still really like it. And, you know, it's better for certain seniors who know how to, you know, push the buttons on their TV and get to uh, the viewing portal and stuff. But, you know, if you do that, some people just prefer it or it's easier. Or if you want to watch a bunch of stuff and you don't have time or your kids or something. So to be more accessible and to go into the corners of Missouri and Illinois. So, it's quite a bit and we made them five dollars so it's far less than a typical ticket where the past couple of years that was our only income so they were regular price and it didn't seem quite fair you know because it's not the same as going to the theater and getting popcorn and soda and everything for fifty dollars <laughs> but <laughs> uh, uh, but we wanted people just to enjoy the films and the array of things that we're offering um aren't the studio titles so you can't see she said at home you know because that's you know understandably that's just not going to work but we think they're really fun entertaining things and one of the ones that's selling really well online and i can't wait till next wednesday to see it is carl are you a fan of pinball i love pinball i'm a pinball wizard have do you know the name roger sharp i've heard that name roger sharp in the early 70s era 72 or 73 so it all tracks back um, moved from Chicago to New York and hustled his way into a job for GQ magazine of all places. He was not a fashion icon on his own, but just got a job being an editor. He was a longtime pinball fan and found this grungy pinball machine in a, in a, uh, 
just because he noticed it through the window, but it was like a video arcade for adult men to spend an afternoon, those kind of right. places. But it was a pinball machine in the front. He didn't go into the booths. He just wanted to play pinball, and he went there every day. Well, there was a raid one day, and he thought it was because of the theater. It wasn't. Pinball was illegal in the city of New York and had been for decades because of Fiorello LaGuardia. It was on a mafia rampage. And pinball machines were a soft, easy target where you could put a big pile together. He claimed they were gambling, instruments of gambling. So flash forward almost 40 years later, this guy just on his own kind of mounted a campaign, talked to, interviewed the owners and creators of all the big machines from Bally and all the other companies. And wound up in this being a, the, you know, the demonstrator in this big court case in lower Manhattan. And they, the, the, you know, his attorneys and stuff for the case brought in a pinball machine. Well, they pulled a fast one and they had a second machine off in the corner of the judges and the, <laughs> their side. He said, okay, you know, it's a game of skill and I will show you why it is a game of skill. This makes it even easier. Uh, it didn't matter that he had barely played or maybe never played a game because he showed that it's not, you know, it's not gambling. It's a game of skill. And he showed, you know, bumpers and everything too. And they said, okay, it's over. So after all that year, but it wasn't just New York. It was Philadelphia. I know was another city and big cities all across the country. It was illegal until this time. So it's, it was a submission. Uh, it's fun. They interview the real guy kind of pops up in various scenes to kind of set the tone, but it's a period piece, you know, set in the real time. You see the, the big game uh, at the end and lo and behold, the producer of the film is from, St. Louis. Yay. And she's coming. So, you know, it'll, it'll be, it's just a fun zippy story about, you know, a sports movie, I guess, of sorts, if you will. That's where we're kind of classing it. Uh, yeah. But, you know, he's written a lot of books, this man, he's still a journalist. Uh, he's still a contributor and consultant to pinball machines to this day. So, you know, what a, and a modern, his sons are, his sons hero. are in the industry too. Yeah. A modern hero. So that's, uh, all th Wednesday that's, now. that's Wednesday that's gallery, gallery of four. Pinball, the man who saved the game at seven o'clock. And it was a submission, like I said. So I read, you know, read, read the submission. I'm like, oh, that seems interesting. And one of the reviewers looked at it and liked it. So I gave it a shot. It was just so entertaining. Uh, just what a fun discovery. And I like that part of things. You know, we know the big tent poles, like she said, and women talking and Empire Light. They're gonna you know, people are gonna be attracted because they've heard about it. There's big movie stars in it. Well, that's easy. Mm -hmm. Sure. Well, the other that's stuff fun. and yeah, is we have to, you know. But that uh, our submissions, we you know we had less of those too because we have less room. We had about twenty one hundred total submissions. About two hundred and twenty of those are narrative features, and I picked about two dozen of those, wow, so about ten percent. So this one really, you know, really made the cut. As did well, the films that the the uh, Film Critics Association is looking for the Joe Awards. Right. Well, we're, we're having a good homework. time watching those. And I'm people very are... curious about that. I, I'm very fond of a lot of those films. Yeah, well, the uh, the movie The Inspection, you were talking about local people that are going to be here. Yes. Isn't the uh, director for uh, The Inspection coming to tell us about that? The Inspection, uh, a couple of years ago, we did a documentary called Pure Kids uh, in QFest. And that became a very popular film on the festival circuit. It's about uh, homeless, transgender, and queer youth who just kind of lived near the docks in New York City and just had this community of family of homeless youth um and it's actually a very inspiring story anyway flash forward a couple of years uh, the inspection closed the toronto film festival uh it stars jeremy pope and gabrielle union sort of vaguely based on his own biography as a closeted young man who joins the military 
thinks that Jeremy Pope's character joins the Marines and has to stay closeted at that time. You know, that was probably, I think it's set mid to early 70s. So that puts in a certain perspective of you know, that was my time of trying to figure things out. And I didn't want to. And I regret a little bit that when I did in the early 80s, because it wasn't much better. But, you know, here we are. But um, just a great, great movie. Yes, Elegance Bratton. What a great name. Elegance is his first name. Will be here on uh, Sunday night. Um, that's an A24 film. And uh, also you know, headed for some nominations, perhaps end of year as well. What is the show that Jeremy Pope is on? He's, he's on some series. And everyone loves Gabrielle Union. If you don't, then stop listening. Oh, yeah. Well... Of she plays course. his mother. She plays his mother. So she's at that age now too that, you know, you're playing somebody's an older character's mom. But you know, but she's aged beautifully and she is a great actress. I love her. So it'd be fun. So this was a tough, endless, endless back and forth with the distributor A24 about getting to this weekend that he's definitely coming for back and forth. His his partner and producer Chester Algarnal was going to come until I think yesterday. And uh, that got changed, but uh, it's worth the effort. It's a great get for the festival, uh, a great bit of programming at the Galleria. Uh, great film. It'll be a very great guest. Um, they've been all over the place uh, with this. Oh, Jeremy Pope's on uh, Pose. That's, yeah. oh, that's right. That's right. Yes, with Billy Porter. Yes. Uh, Billy Porter and Michael Keaton and. Uh, Somebody else, they just produced the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting documentary that I saw last week because they're all from Pittsburgh. I and lived in Pittsburgh in the late 80s, and somebody I was dating at the time was a good friend of Billy's. So I I don't know if he remembers me now, but I knew him back then, and I saw him in Dreamgirls. Uh, it's a Pittsburgh Playhouse. <laughs> in i think 1987 or 88 and he was the main character uh well, he was great he he originated uh he was an into proud on broadway yep yep and Which his voice is here. exactly the same uh you know he's always been a big personality <laughs> let's say yeah uh, you know everything we've been talking about is at cinema stlewis.org so if we have intrigued you about anything about Sliff, go to cinemastlouis.org and you can find where, when, and why, because it tells you everything that you need to know about it. And don't blink is the short suggestion because if you miss it, it'll be gone. And well, some of these well, things will be coming to the theaters, like, you know, like the big things we've been talking about, the big movie stars. Of course they will. They'll be here at Christmas time. But a lot of the stuff, maybe we'll be on some platform that you may or may not have at home. And some of these things will never be seen on a screen of any size anywhere else ever again. And why not come back to the movie theaters and have some popcorn and soda and support the arts. Right. Yeah. Well, one of the uh, documentaries that you're showing is one of the uh, nominees for the Chris, for the critics choice documentary awards that will be November 13th, by the way. And that is Goodnight Oppie, which I've seen. And it is also a nomination for a Joe Award. Um, it is about the Mars. Oppie. It's about Oppie. Everyone X loves Oppie. And it's a, it is really a fun movie if you're a NASA nerd like I am. 
And you are showing it, even though it begins on Amazon Prime today, you are showing it at the festival. So this is a perfect example of experience it with the crowd on the big screen because it is traipsing around the red planet. So it does look better on a big screen. It has a Wally quality to it, wouldn't you say, Chris? Yes, and I will not name check or 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 gender, but a spoke to one of your jurors who this film made this person cry Aww. because it was just so sweet about this inanimate <laughs> object that you know seems like it's alive, like Wally. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's just that thing. And what what is the what is the math? It was supposed to be six months. And it was fifteen years. Yes. It was supposed to be 90 right. days, 90 yeah. days, and it was yeah, 15 years. Yes. 15 years. So, you know, that's way better than the little choo-choo that could. You know, the little rover that just, you know, Energizer Bunny, it went on and on and on, and the extra information that we learned and everything, too. And, you know, so the people that worked there, you know, they kept having jobs, uh, or at least most of them did. And it just, you know, what a what a fluke. It was, and, and they bond, the humans bond with this robot. It's really mm -hmm. adorable. And it is, and uh, they wake him up with music or yeah. her, whatever they figured it uh, was. The, they, the, the, the official description calls Appy a her. Okay. Just making sure. All right. Nope. That's important. Names are important. So. Well, Oppie another, would like oh, to be known as a she. Thank you. Well, if people, one of the things about the festival, and, and I know we'll this call is her because, Ophelia. How about that? Not just Oppie. That's a boy name. We'll call it like Opie. <laughs> we'll call her Ophelia. Well, some of your programming has gone on to be released in the next year. And you can say, if you, well, I saw it at St. Louis Film Festival before it was big, because there's a number of films that go on to, to get some sort of acclaim, but one of the big movies that we didn't mention is The Sun with Hugh Jackman. Yes. And this is a follow-up from the director Florian Zeller of The Father, which uh, Anthony Hopkins won the Oscar for. And people are touting Hugh Jackman for his performance in The Sun as a potential nominee. So if you're one of these people that like to see the awards buzz movies, that is definitely one to seek out. Another is, and I keep forgetting about it, and I feel bad because it's going to be the sleeper, uh, one of the sleepers of the whole festival, Living. That's uh, right, Bill Nye, right? Bill Nye. And it's a remake of a Kurosawa film. And this man is, you know, has been in this staid, you know, British upper crust, you know, where it's the same bowler, you know, very rigid. British English gentleman. Yeah, kind of like uh, you know, kind of like a Christmas story, the or the you know, the the old cranky man, Scrooge, uh, you know, just by the book and did everything the same way. And then he gets cancer and decided, well, maybe his life's been wasted. He has to learn how to live late in life and you know he's got that very you know stern face and you can see him all dressed up and but you know, he learns to live clumsily uh and mm. just and what an endearing uh sweet performance too so there we go and then we have some of the local st louisans like today's hungry dog blues which won a number of awards and it was filmed in missouri 
we have a toe-to-toe. We have a big night at the Galleria with locally made stuff. Uh, so Hungry Dog Blues, yes, is its return uh, from the showcase, and it's going to be a nice big crowd. But also at the same time, uh, local uh, black filmmaker David Kirkman's Underneath Children of the Sun, which is a time-spanning Afrofuturist epic that you know was made on a shoestring, but looks like it could have been made, you know, on various planets. Uh, and, it, and it looks like they have lightsabers, even though they're not lightsabers. Yes. So you know. <clears throat> They made on a budget. Uh, David's on uh, uh, some kind of program at WashU, sort of like an uh, adjunct faculty of, of sorts. On a, what do you call those things? <laughs> uh, so he's this was you know made it part with conjunction with his role there. Uh, but he made it some short subjects that had like gazillions of views on uh, YouTube, and had discussions with Netflix um, and big time stuff from. The short they made about uh, shock, some kind of uh, some kind of Marvel character. Anyway, I'm sure it's based on graphic novels. Yes, uh, so that'll be you know lots of big crowds there tonight. So that'll be a nice uh, kickoff to the weekend. Uh, this and morning. the audi- the audience gets to chime in for the awards because uh, yeah. Sunday night the 13th you'll be presenting all the awards and we'll be yes. there with the Joe Awards, but. But you'll announce the audience winners, so you get to vote, people. Democracy still reigns at Cinema <laughs> St. Louis and the St. Louis Film Festival. Yeah, so you know we've done the same way. I'm the keeper. I've been the keeper of the ballots for 25 years. That's a very, very important sacred duty. Well, Keeping a couple of years ago, it kept changing, and oh, and yes. it, it wasn't until the last minute. The and I final, think it was yes, the final day. I was in the you know after I introduced the last round of films i go in the office and wait and i and i want to type out the stuff so i want to you know send one to then used to send it to joe williams uh but i have to have it ready uh to go and get out the door but it wasn't uh but it, yeah the, the, every time the scores in it would everything would change i have to redo the document have to reprint it it changed like four or five or six times so i was sitting there and i was having a glass of wine and then I kept changing. I was sitting there longer and longer and longer. So by the time I got to the party, I had used up a whole <laughs> lot of paper and a whole lot of wine. <laughs> it was, it was a long night, but yeah, things changed by a couple of decimal points and it, you know, it reordered everything so many times. It, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. So who finally won that year? I don't remember which year it was. So it was, <laughs> uh, I, I know it was green book. Oh. oh, okay. It was the last because they showed it that last night, and something else was winning. And then after people saw that, that that surged ahead. So Chris had to come and say, "I mean, this is why the thing was a little bit later announcement because of the change." Because yeah. that last night, the movie start, you know, the the big movie. And that starts- was longer. I think it was like one hundred and thirty something minutes. Yes, uh, Green Book is 133, long. 133, I think. So, you know, as other things were coming in, so that means a lot of good films. Uh, people just, you know, uh, I guess was yeah, loaded up at the end. Uh, well, it won Best Picture, so. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, people weren't wrong. People, weren't people, wrong. people did really like that uh, movie, The Popular Vote. Now, you also have master classes. So people interested in making movies, interested in becoming part of the biz you have 
various sessions to help them achieve their dreams, which is a nice component. And they're free. They're free. Uh, they're online. Uh, one of them is in person at a law clinic or law office downtown. But this weekend, uh, we're going to be talking tomorrow morning uh, with Andrea Sporsik, uh, Clund with the Missouri Film Commission. And they have a, a program that's been running the past couple of years called Missouri Stories, where it's a two-part thing. It's a, it's a script writing competition for short subjects uh, in a process where you enter that and they're reviewed and a couple of winners are picked. But the winners that get picked then get assistance with funding and crew and equipment to make the short film. And I think they're on their fourth or fifth completed film now at this point, after a couple of years of the process. So we're going to see, uh, I think, clips from the most recent project. It's not quite finished, but we'll just talk about the whole process of getting from you know script to film. And you know, it's I think it's interesting that they you know light it on a short subject, which is arguably easier to make and it could be a better calling card. And I think it's smart to not devote vast resources and time to trying to make a feature where it might turn out. You hope it does, but there's so many more reasons that a first time filmmaker should, you know, make a short or two first and, and work their way up. Uh, oh yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's all practical advice. I was one of the readers for the Missouri story for oh, a couple okay. of years. I did not know that. Yeah. So you're, you're invested and in, you know about the project. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it's just at holiday time and with all our awards, with all the groups I belong to now and the awards sure. season, I had to tell Andrea, I can't, I can't. Sure. But, and then uh, on Sunday we're doing one with uh, Jessica Amble, a local actress, uh, Peter Carlos, uh, who is a director. And, and we've had him on the show. Sure. Yep. And uh, a woman named Deb, Deb Borilski, who's from here, lived in LA for a long time, and now is back as a casting agent. And they're going to kind of run through, you know, what are the checklist of the gazillion and, and six things that you need to do hmm. and have ready in your mind or thought through on some level to make a film. Not just, you know, hey, we want to make a film, run out in with your camera or your, you know, video camera in the backyard and make something. Or like, your phone. You know, but if you want to do something professionally and and have it ready to, you know, maybe not for sale, but, you know, ready to be delivered to a festival or a streaming service, you know, what's the best way to do it? Treat it as a business. And this, you know, arts are a business. In a film, you have to think about it in those terms because it's very expensive. And if you don't, then it's just going to be a pile of cheap looking junk and you wasted your time. Well, even if you use an iPhone 14 Pro, that starts at $1,200. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. There's that. But then, you know, sometimes you can tell it's just made on a phone and that's that's a nice stunt. But does it propel the story? No. When they say, oh, made entirely on an iPro 14, blah, blah, blah. And that's the first three sentences. How cool they are. Pat them on the back. Well, well, what is it about and why should I give a shit? Like, hey, I got a What's drone. What's the story? <laughs> hey, I got a drone. Hey, I got a pony. You know, I don't care. <laughs> um, does it propel the story? You know, it's a beautiful shot. That's great. But what comes next? Where's grandpa? Did that old lady die? You know, what's going on? Um, right. The story, it's always story and casting to me is always 80% mm -hmm. because if you don't have the right actors, forget it. Yeah, and that's hard with a you know with a small budget or indie film where you you know, might be relying on your your pool of friends, and maybe your nineteen year old cousin. Well, maybe he's not an international assassin, 
uh, <laughs> wipes. So, you know, it's a, it's a stretch when it, you're on something. So to make something small though, you know, you can, it can, and they're, and they're helping them with the casting process. They're, they're kind of pointing them in the right direction and not doing it for them, but they're giving resources to learn how to do it on their own. Uh, and then they'll be pushed out of the nest for the chickens. Well, well some I, well some yeah. of the biggest surprises for this uh, for the showcase is how well they they use some local theater actors like right. Ethan and Edna used the great Donna Weinstein and uh it was a hoot but there's the one or two scenes where they have the older ladies playing poker. Donna Weinstein was robbed. She should have been best actress. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no, I know we're, we've said it out loud. Now we can let it rest. At long yeah. Rest. So anyway, Carl, I loved, I loved that film. I just Ethan love it. And love Edna. It was yes. perfect. It was it's worth, perfect. it's a comedy, which is very rare. I gave very her one of my rare. little, I gave her one of my stupid little plastic things I get from Carnival Supply. And she cherishes that. Memento. Oh yeah. Well, Carl, what were you going to say before I jumped oh, in? Oh no, I was, I was going to say that um, a new home has... <laughs> Chris was just talking about the the drone shots uh, in all of Joe's movies. He has that drone shot. That's like. All right. Well, he he did it respectfully. It was a purpose because he but showed, it was part of it's part of the, part of the story of the yeah. process. Yes. Yeah. Because if you're you're if you're doing stories about neighborhoods, it yeah. actually it actually uh, helps with the narrative yeah. instead of just using it. But yeah. Joe has used that now twice. In yeah, his movie, so that's no, but yeah, but he's you know this area. It does make sense. So nice way to bring that one back. Well, let's talk about him a little bit too. You know, sales are well. He's a great filmmaker, a great storyteller. Uh, he is a great salesman. Uh, he knows how to get people uh, to the table. Um, that's for sure. So yeah, I'm I'm really impressed with uh, the people that are invested here in St. Louis to make things, and the guy that did the movie. Which what it was like the booty call movie, but what was the name of it? Do you remember the guy? He had the best looking entourage. Oh, yeah, it was called Booty Call. I thought so. Yeah, that was that was made on a phone. <laughs> that one was made but on a, it was talk little, about it was it was, it was it music, but it was silent. But you know the action and skullduggery and uh, missing kidneys and you know the whole the whole nine yards. But the best looking entourage, talk about supermodels in St. Louis. And apparently that cast is going to be uh, used again in the next venture. So it's fun to see the same people do other projects in town, I think. Yeah. Uh, and we have a couple other holdovers from the showcase. Uh, a love letter to uh, Brian Leslie Michelle, a dance, experimental dance film. I'll be one of our free shows at Wash U. Uh, the film about the local poetry scene, Poetry in Motion, uh, was showing, I think, this Saturday. And Unresolved, Unresolved, that was our yeah, best the, ensemble. The, the three-hour epic revenge drama that... Bruce you know, Carlton that, Cunningham. Cunningham. Who has a role in... Um, he's one of the, in one of the um, slave-era parts of the time-spanning Underneath Children of the Sun. So he is well represented, Bruce Carlton, at the at the uh, festival this year. But you know, when the, when a local filmmaker Carl turns in a three hour film, I'm immediately a little suspicious because he hadn't been making you know things that I, well, at least I was aware of before then. 
like, oh boy, you know, I've had three hour <laughs> films submitted before and they're just mindless goop. And like, what, what is this? But, oh, Avatar 2? Yeah. <laughs> but it held up. It had multiple storylines, wow. time spanning, also not future, you know, not future, but in you, the past. Like you, I was only, you only care about length of a film if it's got parts that aren't worth watching. Yeah. But he filled up the pieces. There's a lot of cross connecting stories and characters, and everything gets sewn up. Uh, a lot of people get hurt, but that's that type of story. But, you know, it, he deserved his spot in this limited year to be able to bring an audience again to that. Cause he, he had a screening, his first quote unquote screening was during pandemic. Uh, he had it in a tiny theater somewhere, uh, but you know, he deserved his spot and he's uh, uh, another filmmaker to come. Uh, the showcase shorts, including Ethan and Edna will be one of our short subjects of the gallery and all the short subject programs, not just the online ones, but in the theaters, I think they're all $5 there. Cause they're all during the day. We just want people to come and enjoy it. And you're one of the Oscar-friendly yes. uh, places that... Uh... Are, we are cyclic linked today. I was just thinking the same thing. We are Academy-sanctioned for our documentary and short narrative short subjects, which means if they win one of the top awards in any of those categories, they are then allowed to directly submit their films for consideration for wow. the Oscars. It's too late to be considered for the ones that are in 2023, because the, that list has already been established for this year. November is too late in time, but they, they're legit. They can submit for the next year for the 2024 show. And we have had a few over time that, you know, we're picked as one of the final five. We've had a few that won. Um, I'm sure it was because they won an award at the St. Louis Film Festival, but still nice to be connected uh, in that way, uh, no matter what. So that's a great honor. There's only about 45 or 50 festivals across the country that have that distinction. Well, we only have a few more moments, but I encourage everybody to, if you've never been, it's really fun to be a part of it. And it's fun to support local cinema. And it's it's a huge, enormous job that you and Brian Spath and Bree Maniscalco do to put that on. And it takes a village, all the volunteers, all the venue captains. I was a venue captain one year. And it is unbelievably amount of work, but you guys, you guys are so organized and run like a top and you are there if things go wrong, but it's just fun to support it. And you can tell the, the, the volunteers are really thrilled to be there. Many of the volunteers have were volunteers when I was a volunteer, <laughs> they keep coming back every year. Uh, and to be a part. Say, yeah, they just want to be a part and it's fun. Um, I can tell you, we could fill up a similar amount of time with the horror stories of things that happened this week alone in putting all together and get everything in place. But we're there now. Everything's up and running perfectly. Um, tickets are sale, on sale for all shows. Um, you don't have to be a film scholar. You don't have to be a film critic. You don't have to be anybody but yourself and have the price of admission in your pocket or on your debit card and just like to enjoy seeing things in a comfortable seat with popcorn and soda with an audience of your peers and discover something that, you know, maybe it's one of the films with the big stars that you, you're comfortable with and you enjoy, but you can make a discovery at any point, at any hour of any time we're in the theaters and see a top quality film from this country and many countries across the world. It's just great, great stuff. Yeah, Hidden Gems. I remember watching Bullhead 
that yeah. introduced Matthias yeah. Shainarts to the world. Yep. Sitting there, who is this guy? Yep. And he became um, an international star yep. soon after um, that. And winners of festivals stopped. across the planet are sprinkled amongst the festival. The winner of the Sundance Film Festival plays on Sunday night, uh, Nanny. Uh, winner of the Locarno Film Festival, Hinterland, you know, plays one afternoon, Plaza Fronte next weekend. Just wonderful, wonderful stuff. We have six people who just arrived last night, like 11 p.m. from Mexico for a submission about a, a young woman with Down syndrome who wants to be a ballerina. Oh. Um, and that screens, the Pink Lagoon screens at Plaza Frontenac uh, on Saturday. And Cinema St. Louis. Dot O-R-G. Cinema St. Louis dot org. Everything that we've talked about and more because we didn't even talk about Superfly. Or we didn't talk about, I'm going to shove in one more film, Corner Office with St. Louis son, John Hamm. Is oh, a, wow. Yes, Monday night, the producers from Canada. It's a Canadian indie. Uh, John Hamm plays with a creepy mustache, plays a, a very odd office drone who gets a new job in this nameless corporation. He is, Hamm is all in on the joke because this guy is nuts. And he's just got, <laughs> Very serious about everything about it. The really dark comedy, really fun. I can't wait to hear some John Hamm stories from these two guys Monday night at the Galleria. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, I can't wait to. See. I'm gonna. That's the one film this year I'm gonna sit down and actually watch. It's been decades, and I love it so much. It's twenty. Yeah. That movie's twenty two years old now. We're doing it. Um, <clears throat> when Sony Pictures Classics asks you to do a favor for them, you say yes. Yeah, they've been very generous to me for my entire career. And the man I've worked with for 22 years said, hey, we're, this is our 30th anniversary this year. Would you pick a film from this list of films from there, you know, from these past 30 years and played in the festival as just a tribute to us? Absolutely. Sure. Uh, and the list was just, I don't know, I didn't know what to do. It's between this and Run, Lola, Run. But ultimately, oh, love Run, Lola, I know, Run. Right? Amazing soundtrack. I know. I right? love that but, movie. But I ultimately too. picked this because it is Ang Lee. And um, I invited Michelle Yeoh, but I don't think she got my Instagram message. So <laughs> I don't think she's coming. But, you know, it's, it's the mind-blowing cinema and Ang Lee and Michelle Yeoh and just everything about it. I just, uh, it's a fantastic bit of fantasy. And uh, When she catches that Friday, cup. Yep. Next Friday night. The whole movie changes. And tickets are selling well. Um, I'm getting one of them. There's a few left for you. So if you want to go, get the, to the, the well, Ang, Ang Lee went to U of I. And Michelle Yeoh is being talked about as one of the front runners for best actress this year. She deserves it. She needs a multi-lifetime achievement. With award. her big hot dog fingers yeah. making out with Jamie Lee Curtis. Lynn, you still haven't Dude. seen it yet. Nor no. have I. Nor have I. I just, I, I wanted to see it I on the big screen. Time. I, I know. Busy. I oh. wanted to see it on the big well, Chris, screen. Chris, I understand why you haven't seen it. Yeah. But Lynn, I've been talking about this movie for months. In fact, I, I even, I have I even to, told but... Stefan Deneuve to go see it. And he did. He saw it instead of Lynn. Well, I want to say that I did see, I've seen six movies this week. And, and we don't um, have time to talk about any of them. We don't, but of <laughs> all of them, I would highly recommend Banshees of Inner Sheeran. I know, I know, right? It reminds me of uh, the first year I was a volunteer. One of the film, one of the big films of the festival was Waking That Divine. Uh, so it kind of mm -hmm. gives me that kind of same vibe. And I love those guys. I can't wait to see that movie. Oh, 
I'm, I'm going to go home tonight and watch Enola Holmes 2 on Netflix. So, Oh, I've heard great things about that. The first one is fantastic. It was in my top 10 that year. Uh, hope, but it's not this, it's not all of the same cast. So mm. and Cavill and Brown are in it, but not everyone else. Mm. Well, I have seen Causeway that also premieres on Apple plus TV. And I, you could pass on that. Although if you're a theater <laughs> person, there's a lot of, it's a Broadway big shot director making her movie debut. And it's Jennifer Lawrence with Brian Tyree Henry, who's one of the great character actors, a uh, contemporary. And there's a ton of theater people in it. Well, she hasn't been in a movie for like six years. Well, she was in Don't Look Up. They, people aren't counting that. Well, but it's very it's one of those movies with pregnant pauses and internal. It's very internal. Is it better than Mother? I miss Mother because I did. You are lucky. Well, I heard Mother about was it horrible because I heard after the screening, I heard everybody talking about it. And I was like, not one. No, no, see. don't you save yourself. All right. So I want to mention that my wife's grandfather was on the uh, honor flight this week, the 100th honor flight. And so uh, after the hockey game on Halloween, I drove to Chicago all night. It only took me four hours to get to Chicago, but seven and a half to get home. But I picked up my daughter at school and we flew to Washington, D.C. to surprise him at the Marine Corps Memorial, the Iwo Jima and the 100th honor flight, Greater St. Louis honor flight has done this for 100 flights now. And there were two World War II veterans on the flight, including my wife's grandfather. And they he says it was one of the best days of his life, not just because I showed up and because my daughter showed up to visit them. He had four other family members come and surprise him. And it was a great time. And the next honor flights are like almost all sold out, but desert storm soldiers are now allowed to go on honor flights because it has been, it's been long enough. Next year will be 2023 and desert storm was almost 30 years now. Carl, I think, uh, I think Nicole's grandfather was on camel V. Uh, no, he was on everything. He was on two, four, five and 11. So he was the one with, so when they were talking about the people coming from Chicago, that, that was, was me. you and yes. yes. I wondered because I didn't recognize the name. Well, and- if you, if you looked up, you could see my wife's name, like, right. Cause she was, they didn't show her, but they showed her name tag. And I said, well, people are going to know who it is now. Well, it's I didn't. Okay. World after all. <laughs> so that was really cool because the woman was talking about that. And he, uh, yeah, my, it was my best- wife's, my wife's aunt said he got surprised so many times today. I'm surprised he didn't have a heart attack. I know. Thanks. I know. I heard that. And I went, Ooh, okay. Yeah. He's but, 95 years old. He's and and the, it was, a, he said it was one of the best days of his life. So it was, I, I, was, it, I was glad to be there. He looked okay. so genuinely touched and they said, Oh, his heart's so full, which was a great thing. I've covered people before on those. And that's a wonderful Wonderful thing. Uh, real quick, and this is so trivial after what you said. But <laughs> That's about right, yeah. Yeah, no. But if you are looking for something to see on TV that's really a throwback 
to um, the days we look upon fondly, Blockbuster. The irony of this is hilarious. Netflix is running a new TV series called Blockbuster. Uh, about, Randall Park is the lead. About an like old, an old um, video store in a strip mall in Michigan. Yes, I hear it's I. I hear the reviews are mixed because it's all about uh, it's a workplace comedy. And our buddy Kevin Brackett said, I never saw six people working in a blockbuster at any given time. Uh, well, my partner worked for Blockbuster for a number of years. So I, you know, we're going to, we're going to take a peek. And I liked him in Fresh Off the Boat and he's in WandaVision. Yes. He's part yeah. of the, he's part he's of the Marvel part of the universe. MCU. Yep. And, I'm going to uh, throw in what I'm watching right now. Well, I'm watching a bunch of stuff, but I love um, Interview with a Vampire on AMC Plus. Oh, wow. It's a reimagining, a retelling, a, a, you know. Anne Rice. With Anna Christopher Rice, she's passed away. Christopher's kind of running the show, I guess, too. But I guess she kind of started it. This has been in the works for a while. And then after this is done in uh, January, um, the witching hour starts. The Mayfair Witches. So more Anne Rice all day, every time. I'm very excited. And it's a very good, stylish show. So go see it. Well, well, I love that, let's... Doc, uh, the last blockbuster. So that brought back such yeah, fun that was, memories. That... But I want to end, besides, because we love movies so much, uh, somebody in the cast of Blockbuster brought this up. Remember when you would go to get your movies for the weekend and you would run to the new releases. And they were all gone. And they were all gone. But you would go up to the counter. The helpful people at the counter. And ask if any of these had been returned. Sometimes they're at the bottom of the bin and you're like, oh, and you, the the elation you felt because you Rambo scored. first blood part two is here. Remember that feeling? Mm-hmm. Too well. All right. My battery's at two percent. All right. You guys, but we I'm gonna go. one more one more time, Chris Clark, cinema stlewis.org oh, for RG. the ORG. 30, 31st annual Whitaker St. Louis International Film Festival. Lynn, find you on the internets where? I'm on all the socials. Poplifestl.com is the website, and we have interviews with some of the uh, SLIFT directors, including Alex Winter. Yes. And uh, I am on KTRS every Thursday night with Ray Hartman, and we did talk about the festival last night before and, a and after the, the movie reviews, and he interviewed quite a few of the directors he has he's very generous with his time with us so yes which is really great and then um yeah webster kirkwood times webster kirkwood times you can find me disappointing everyone by testing out the goal horn and not playing it many times during the game at underscore carly intern on instagram and twitter and you can hear me on the radio seven days a week so have a good time everyone go to sliff yeah Thank Go you. to Slip. Bye bye. Long live film in the theaters. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Stay safe. Time change. Yeah, it's daylight saving, not daylight savings. <laughs> <laughs>